I woke up on Saturday morning, I looked at the Google Analytics and saw something like 500 or 600 simultaneous visitors to our website. Most employees would rather have the boss who at least tells them where they stand than the one who doesn't. You're listening to The Growth Show, a podcast that uncovers interesting stories and advice on growth from every corner of the business world. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of The Growth Show. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Andy Goldberg, who's the Chief Creative Officer at General Electric. GE is doing some amazing stuff with branded content and really just awesome creative campaigns. We're going to learn how they've done some awesome work on the podcasting front, how they partner with Jimmy Fallon's, and how they think about being creative. I'm Kip, the CMO here at HubSpot, and let's dive into our conversation today with Andy. What strikes me is that you're always going to have to evolve the brand and the story and the messaging, but it seems also, too, that the delivery of that messaging has now changed dramatically. It seems much more content and delivery focused than maybe it would have been five, ten years ago. Talk to me a little bit about that journey of how you think about, once you have the story, getting it out there. Yeah, so it's a great question. I think the key there is understanding who we're trying to reach, our target, and really what the mediums that are available to us for different types of storytelling. So I'll use the podcast example as a good one that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know, we looked at podcasting as an opportunity um, as a burgeoning media platform for us to tell a story. Much like we look at TV, whether it be an ad or a a 60-minute episode uh, that we partnership with Nat Geo on for science and technology called Breakthrough. I think it's a matter of looking at the landscape and understanding what new storylines we can tell and what new platforms can we expose that really engage the audience versus um, just sort of slamming them with a message. I think we try really hard to engage them and make them feel that even though we're a brand, we're bringing them um, content and information that is of true value versus trying to force something upon them. And I think that opens us up to a lot more mediums and a lot more opportunities um, in thinking about it. We also think, look, brands are part of the storyline and we can be part of the storyline. And how do we build a partnership in media and really flip media on its head as it's been known and, and use media to give the audience something of true value? What's interesting is that brands, I feel like, have always had a big role in evolving media. You know, even go back into the early days of soap operas and, and, and things like that. And it seems like we're going through that that next evolution right now. Uh, I think you gave some you gave some awesome examples there. But so, like for something like the podcast, you obviously have a format that dictates kind of what the content is, is going to be to a large large degree. But how do you how do you go about actually crafting that story and then also figuring out how you're going to launch it to the market. Yeah. So, okay. So that's a, the, the story behind the podcast is really uh, fascinating and, and takes some, takes some skill. I think the first thing we, we, we look at is who are the right partners to build this with? So start there. I yeah. think having great partners is what makes us successful 
And what makes any brand successful? If you have partners you can trust. So rather than just creating a story, and we looked at the landscape and said, wow, stuff like cereals really taking off. How can we capture sort of this wave and tell our story or tell a science fiction, science reality story, which is something that really relates well to GE? Um, we wanted to get the right partners in the room. So, look, we could have done a one-hour podcast, and I don't know if it would have captured the imagination that the message did. So we, we took that sort of theory and said, all right, let's build this, and let's build it into a serial. And what, what's the length of span you can capture someone's attention with? And usually it falls between 10 and 15 minutes. And that's really where we, we honed in on. And we said, you know, use storytelling classics like cliffhangers to keep people involved and make sure the story is produced well and that it feels like it's actually happening when you hear it versus sort of in a studio. Um, and then probably the most important thing was in listening to the podcast, know that your audience is going to paint the picture of what they're hearing in their own minds. You know, give them the opportunity through the, through the audio description of what you're doing. You know, we fall too often on video as all senses are activated with sight and sound. And with podcasting and audio, you really have to focus in on those nuances to give people the ability to paint the picture, much like they have to do in a book. And I think that's a really uh, subtle nuance that allowed us to focus in on what was going to make it quality, high quality, and then from a storytelling perspective, build on what is part of a GE DNA, which is this lean on science and technology to make a difference. And that's how we came up with the story. Um, and we really... We, we adhered to sort of a philosophy that in this case, it's, it's not branded content, it's branded entertainment. And the brand should be in there, but have a light touch. And we, we harked on back, up, uh, back to our history and what was GE Theater um, and reinvigorated that, um, in, in this case, as GE Podcast Theater um, as sort of our production arm of internal content. So really, it, it was a journey but it was a journey that allowed us to explore new storytelling methods and tap into sort of what was happening in the social context of how people were engaging with different, um, different storytelling mediums. So, so what surprised you as you were going through that process? That seems like quite the discovery process. What really stood out and was unexpected? I think so, so two things still stand out in my mind. One is the, I mean, looking back on it, the success shouldn't surprise me, but it did because it was, it was, it was highly successful at number one of the, the charts for a while. But I think in the discovery process, what was really fascinating to me was the, the you know, you go through so much, in my, in my line of work, you go through so much film production. The difference in podcast slash radio production and those subtleties, you really need to pick up on, you really need to pay attention to, and you really need to focus on to make it different. The other thing is, the expanse of the story and how the story is told to enable a listener to paint that picture. It needs to come through so clearly that sometimes um, you take for granted those, those elements of storytelling. Um, and then finally, there actually was one, one other thing, and that is the distribution method. It's very different nowadays in how you get a, a podcast to build out and storyline to be built out, um, but to capture people's imagination, you know, the, the, the medium, not just the podcasting, but all mediums are so bifurcated these days to really try and reach an audience is tough and you've got to work at it. You've really got to understand where that audience is, is playing to be able to intercept them. So, so what did you do? How did you get people to listen to it? That's, I'm sure, what everybody wants to know uh -huh. now. 
Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to know that. <laughs> right, we, that's we, the hard we, part. We found the right partners. I'll be honest, we found the right other podcast partners. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're trying to hit a certain audience that's into a certain topic, you should you know, go where they're already interested in something and hit them with something new. Um, uh, so so that really, that, that was our, our way in. And obviously, we used all types of mediums to get there. We used digital. We used um, radio. We used podcasts. But there was... That was really the focus. Find where those people enjoy listening to certain programming and go to where they exist. It's simple, but makes perfect sense. It's kind of logical, and, and most of the time, that's where you're going to hit the marks. Um, it's how you execute it and how you nuance in finding those targets and, and delivering a message to those targets that doesn't feel um, over the top in terms of trying to be promoted but really trying to be something that uh, might be informative and, and, and value to them. Yeah, you know, we, we think a lot about inbound marketing here at HubSpot, and it's really about creating that value and being at that point of value for your audience, which is, which is I think, what you guys nailed with the message. Talk to me about this or really any project. How do you know when it's successful? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of executives listening to our conversation today and like, they're just a little unsure of how to invest in their brand and how to measure the success of those brand efforts. Everything has its own level of success and value. Um, there, I, I, you know, we can always ladder up to a much larger overall value of all the work in, in aggregate. Sure. But for something like the podcast, the, you know, it was, it was something that it's an experiment for us. Um, it allowed, you know, we, we believe in that. We believe in experimentation. Um, it allowed us to experiment. The, the ability to judge success, and in this case, we had great success when you look at the numbers alone, over 4 million downloads, people buying the brands um, and understanding, people buying into what the brand is, is, is talking about and believing in. Um, the feedback we've gotten um, on the podcast itself was incredible. Um, the responses online have been incredible. The engagement, um, those are sort of the ways we measure it. You know, how, yeah. what was your engagement? Where did we, we rank on the charts? I mean, hitting number one on the charts um, for three straight weeks for the, uh, for the, for the podcast, it's pretty impressive for a brand to, to be able to deliver that. Um, and that was something we, we valued. Did we set that out as an initial KPI? No. We set out engagement. We wanted high engagement. We wanted, um, you know, a good number of downloads. But but to surpass those goals was great by by achieving those. Makes perfect sense. So you, I'm sure you have a bunch of fans of the of the show out there listening. So so what's next? Are you going to do a season two? Are you going to do some other other pieces of content in the podcasting realm? Like yeah, what, what, everyone what's, wants to know this, that it's uh, the goal. The question. What's next? So um, uh, different storylines, different topics. Um, and I think that's how we'll continue to extend. Um, I think the message itself was a great storyline to follow for um, the episodes that we had. But there's always new stories to explore. There's always new underlying themes for GE to explore. And that one it was healthcare. You know, we are a digital industrial company, and what other stories can we tell behind those theme lines is really important. So that's sort of the future when, you know, it will come. Uh, when is timed by how we can engage the audience in the best moments. So on that front, on you, you've talked basically 
the whole time about storytelling. And there are a bunch of folks listening from a variety of companies in terms of size and brand awareness. But what they all have to do is they do have to tell a story about their their business, about their brand, about their their industry. You've done that for so many really amazing brands. You know, you've done it from tennis shoes to turbines, essentially, right? And everything in between. So how, what's the advice that you have for folks listening today about forming and telling a really great story? First of all, know your strategy. Know your DNA. And, and having a core DNA is so essential to any brand. I, I can't say that enough. Um, every brand has to go back and say, what is our DNA? What do we believe in? Um, once you have that, the launching pad should be great. Um, but without that, I think it becomes much more of a, um, a search in finding your voice and finding your ability to tell that story. Um, any of the brands that I've worked on, they know their core DNA. They know what it means to, to, uh, to wrestle with what is DNA and what do they have to sell. And if you can figure out the path between the two and know how to merge the two, because knowing what you stand for and knowing who you are is going to enable sort of the window to be opened into great different storytelling mediums versus um, being very um, siloed and specific against only a certain product to sell or piece to offer um, and, and, then, and then you can really figure out all the different creative ways to, to tell a story. Because once you have that DNA, storytelling is what everyone falls in love with and what make people stand out, what make brands stand out, and what, make, what, what, what makes good work stand out. So it is that DNA. It is knowing how to harness that and turn that into um, uh, wonderful storytelling against the briefs that you have. How do you do that? There are people listening to us that want to build enduring companies and part of that is that enduring brand so how do you how do you do that over such a long period of time um it's you have to find your dna right away i think nike and disney both knew who they were and know who they are um and they don't waver they don't all of a sudden say hey let's throw the baby out with the bathwater and start over and change what our dna is because it's a bad quarter or the year's mm-hmm. not working they really stick true to that and stay with that storytelling method. To build a brand, you have to have um, the, the guile to stick with it. Um, you can't just change on a, on a moment's whim. Um, it takes a long time. Brands are hard to build. Brands are hard to build equity with, with audience. Um, and those brands specifically, Nike and Disney, know what they stand for, know who they are. You know, if you talk to employees at both companies, um, they live and breathe what those companies stand for as much as the, their, their audience does. Um, and same with GE. You know, GE, you talk to the employees, the 300,000 employees here, and, and you have that same energy of what our DNA is coming through them, um, and that's important. Um, so I think it is, it's about sticking with it. It's about being true to your brand. It's about knowing who you are, um, and it's about, it's about staying the course. Um, you have to veer off course with creative, but you have to stay the course with your DNA. I think your points on how critical your own company culture is to reinforcing the brand are, are two things I think everybody listening should should take away. So we've, we've talked about a lot today. I would, I'd love to talk about the future, just like you saw the opportunity with podcasting, you know, a year or two years ago. What, what 
trends are exciting you uh, kind of moving forward. What are, what are places that you guys are starting in the early stages of kind of thinking about in terms of platforms and places to engage folks with the brand? So probably the one area that I, that I believe is, is going to keep on coming up over and over again, and forget mediums for, for a second in terms of different social platforms sure, sure. and stuff like that. That'll always burgeon up as new, new, uh, new areas to explore. Truly this idea back to um, fantastic storytelling. And because everything begins and ends with a story, and this idea of branded entertainment, I think that's going to come to the forefront more than anything. Um, brands that bring to life um, more than just product placement, more than branded content. Mm-hmm. I think branded content really speaks to, unfortunately, the landscape of you know uh, a hidden message, if you will, uh, in content to sort of drive home. I think branded entertainment is really brought you know back to what you said at the beginning of this, which is, you know, soap operas and all that stuff, that was branded entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're getting back into that because, you know, as consumers cut cords, as consumers dive into different things, as audiences dive into different things, there's going to be an expansion of the opportunity for entertainment for brands because um, consumers and the audiences aren't going to delineate between this was brought to me by an independent production company versus a brand as long as it's quality. And high-quality entertainment is what people really value. And I think that's where we'll start to see the, the world shift a little bit. Um, it's going to be a big leap for brands because it's going to get out of their, it's going to get them out of their comfort zone. But I think they will make great strides in reaching their audiences in new ways by doing it. Uh, I, I completely agree. I think the, just the economics of the media model moving forward give brands a lot of leverage to tell stories in new ways, regardless of the platform. It's going to be... I think it's going to be a fun, fun handful of years here. Well, Andy, I appreciate you so much for chatting with us. It has been extremely helpful. I know I've learned a lot. Thanks for sharing with us today. Great. Thank you so much. Attention, Growth Show listeners. We want you in Boston this November at Inbound 2016. The Growth Show team is going to be there. We are excited to announce that at this event, We're going to have Alec Baldwin in the house talking about it, fellow podcaster. So we hope to see you in Boston this November at Inbound. Check out inbound.com for all the details.